Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. After the forum, so it would have been June 2nd, I called and I, I did had interest. There was definitely mutual interest, but at that point, I felt like there was a good chance. I wasn't sure if it would be here or at another thing that actually I'd be interested to talk to you about uh, in a minute. Uh, but I wasn't sure if uh, you would be coming in here or Death Before Dishonor, July 23rd on pay-per-view in Lowell, Massachusetts, Ring of Honor's return event on Bleacher Report, our first Ring of Honor event on Bleacher Report. And I'm very excited about that, and thank you to Bleacher Report and Warner Media for working with us to bring Ring of Honor back to pay-per-view after a very successful return in Supercard of Honor. So I figured there was a chance that if, if Brian made it back, that there was a good chance that probably he would have started at Supercard, excuse me, he would have started at Death Before Dishonor, and it would have been a great moment there, but I think for the crowd here, this is something very special, and, and uh, as long as Brian's okay, that's the most important thing, and I think he will be fine, and uh, it was great to have a great moment here at Forbidden Door, so things worked out perfectly, so I was very fortunate. Um, I talked to Brian on the phone last weekend, and he told me he didn't think, he wasn't. He just wasn't feeling 100%. And I, when, as soon as he said that, I said, like, I, we're eight days from the pay-per-view, but if you're not feeling 100% today, don't even think about wrestling on the pay-per-view. Don't even think about wrestling at Blood and Gods. Because he had been feeling really well. I talked to him in St. Louis on the phone, and he was doing great. And he was so optimistic, and he was like that fired up Brian Daniels, and we all know, right? He, was, he wanted to go. He was like, I feel great. And he hadn't done anything since Double or Nothing, and he really was optimistic. And then I didn't even want to take another chance as soon as he said that. So uh, he mentioned Claudio, and it's, I said that's funny because I had Claudio under contract. <laughs> and, uh, I hadn't told anybody. You're the first person I mentioned it to. So, uh, But I think that's going to work out real nice for all of us. And you're going to be okay, and, and he's going to do great. And so it worked out. Thank you. submarine movie where there's two missile keys. I think being on site, I think I've been like the captain, but I think I've had uh, people working beside me that have had the same key and they can chain out veto power over stuff. So we put a lot of things in place here and quarterback it from here in America, but Ghetto had really valuable input 
it's very gratifying to meet him in person because uh, through the pandemic we built this partnership through our mutual friend Rocky Romero. Uh, many great wrestlers have come in from New Japan Pro Wrestling and I will, why don't we step pick up from there and uh, I will introduce you to the IWGP but when uh, I'll pick up with you and we'll talk at length. Ladies and gentlemen, still the IWGP World right. Heavyweight Champion, Jay White. So doesn't that sound right? Still the IWGP Royal Heavyweight Champion. Sounds pretty good. Jay White, is somebody going to come in and uh, put this up? Yes, yes. Uh, hey, uh, would, would one of you guys please uh, yeah. assist the champion? <laughs> oh, jeez. Look, look. That's... Look. I, thanks, John. No, no, he wants you to put it on the stand. Alright, close the edit! Put it in this fucking thing! Put it on the stand here. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Face it out for beauty shots. It's okay. Thanks, John. I'm glad it's so amusing to you, John. But let me let me just recap what I've been through tonight. Adam Cole, baby. Cowboy shit. Hangman Adam Page. Rainmaker. Kazuchika Okada. I just beat those three men. Three men that I know a lot of you and everybody watching, I know even this man considered three of the best in the world. I just beat those three men in the same night at the same time. I can't even get a little hand to put my IWGP World Heavyweight Championship in its fucking holder. My left arm's dead, I just went through a war and I still came out the champion. All I want is just somebody to do that. I'm sorry, I'm sorry about that. That's all, I appreciate that. It's, it's, it's nothing yeah, personal. But on that note of me being those three at the same time, and I said this before, and I'm going to keep saying this, from now on, when you talk about the greats, you make sure that you say my name first. Okay. Here, please, all right. It's questions. If you have questions. Uh, I think that the Council of Wrestling Inc. Uh, congratulations on your victory tonight. Um, do you want to continue to stick around in AEW or would you like to take your title back to New Japan for wrestling now? What's your future look like? Well, if, this, is, this seems to be a, a pretty big if, but if we can have someone that when I, when I come here and I successfully defend my IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, if we can have somebody that can you know be prepared, put this up here for me, I'll feel a lot more inclined. Uh, to come by, so I'm very easily pleased. Obviously, I don't ask a lot. It's just something like that, something like a chair sometimes. Uh, so, to answer your question, would I like to? I don't know. But will I? I don't know, because this is how it works. I don't have to tell you anything. I don't have to give away anything. When you're the champion, when you're the guy that single-handedly sells out arenas like Madison Square Garden and United Center, you can kind of do what you want and show up when you want. So. Stay tuned, I guess. Uh, Jake Wong from uh, Monster. Oh, sorry, it was nothing. It was nothing personal about about this. No, I just, it's okay. you know, okay. I'm just, it's been, it's been a big night, and uh, yeah. go ahead, buddy. Jake, leadership of the Bullet Club, Bullet Club politics, it's you a little. It's just that I am, I, 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 I whatever, Chad It's just, I just wanted a little hand. Put that there. And they say I'm a rat. That's it. That's it. That's it. Uh, so, question. You've got the title, but the title of Bullet Club Supreme Leader perhaps seems a little nebulous. Maybe more so after the events of tonight. Can you speak on that? What does nebulous mean? 
unclear, undefined. Undefined on who would be the like the best bullet club leader, is that what you're saying? Mm, perhaps, yes. Can you tell me how old I am? You're not pretty yet. Thank you, that's you know good that. enough. Can you can you list off some of my list off the championships of one? Can you do that? Well the US uh, IWG title, uh, the World Heavyweight uh, Championship, uh, the uh, previous uh, championship, the IWG championship. Several others, I'm sure. There we go. Intercontinental, Intercontinental, and then the Never Openweight Championship. That's five. That makes me the first and only Grand Slam champion in New Japan. And like I said, like you said, not even 30 years old yet. Shit, what? What's my record against Okada? That's 4 1. What's my record against uh, your guys' favorite cowboy in singles action 2 0? Oh, if we add tonight to that, I don't know if we do that or not. That makes it 3 0. So, when you're going to talk about best Bullet Club leaders, look at what I have done in such a short amount of time. I haven't even been in wrestling for 10 years yet. And you're going to put a question mark over who the greatest Bullet Club leader is? It's not even just as a Bullet Club leader. I'm the greatest. Full stop. So, of course, I'm the greatest Bullet Club leader. Any other any other questions? Yeah, one more. Sure, we can, yeah, we can keep going. Jay, there are many, many stars in the AEW that could not compete tonight. Uh, Tony already mentioned that CM Punk, Brian Danielson. Do you have any aspirations of stepping in the ring with the music now? I don't. I'm sure they have those aspirations because I am the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. So what, what, what would be my motivation for going after someone like Brian Danielson? CM Punk, fair enough. He has that. Well, he has it for now, but I guess Moxley could, you know, end up taking that from him. So maybe it would be Mox that I would have to, uh, I don't know, try and sort out a little dance with at some point. Uh, but no, I, I, I'm not. I'm not one of these guys. And I say this time and time again. You obviously haven't heard it because you're asking me this question. I don't go out seeking matches, especially any dream matches. That term it really does make me sick. So that's not something I go out to uh, to pursue. Everybody pursues me. Everybody wants to be in the ring with me. Because look what happens. You get in the ring with me, and look, it's sold out United States, sold out Madison Square Garden. I'm the man. People want me. Oh, that's it. Oh, that was great. Thank you. A little bit of a rough start here with our little uh, championship hold. What we got there? Man? I take partial responsibility for that. Hey, man, you, I'm, I'm sure you got a lot of things to uh, to handle. Yeah, there could have been anybody else here that was sat here doing nothing, and they still don't want to come and help me. Sorry so. about that. We have all. Thank you. Always next time, huh? Thank you. We're done with that. Man. Great. I want to keep those two crossing paths. Uh, careful on the way out. He was pretty spicy. Okay. Uh, hey, uh, let me let me jump back in, AJ, and then we'll, I'll get you before Mox comes in, if I can, or I'll definitely get to you, okay? Uh, hey, so back to that. So it was really a cool experience getting into this together. There's probably nobody who could probably elaborate on it better than a person I've spent hundreds of hours on the phone with who's standing at the back of the room, who also wrestled his ass off tonight and is a huge reason this came together, and that's Rocky Romero, who
he's been the person who's done hundreds and hundreds of phone calls and messages in between myself and Ghetto and with his own ideas and he's as responsible for this as anybody and there's no way we would be doing this right now if it wasn't for Rocky Romero and I just think the world of him so thank you Rocky. Appreciate you. It's been a pleasure working with you. It's been a pleasure working with him and, and we've worked side by side to help you know, we, we get with Rocky here, he's been able to get feedback from me, ideas. So to your question earlier, before Jay White came in and, and was pretty rude stuff, uh, uh, it's been a pleasure. It's been a big challenge, I think, on both sides because, you know, there's been injuries and stuff on both sides. When I finally met Ghetto last night, I don't think Rock, I don't think he'd mind me saying, he came in and he said, I'm sorry about the thing with Romo and some of the challenges. And I said, I'm sorry about CM Punk and Brian Danielson not being here. Like, you know, it's, we, we, but, but you know, I think it's going to work out great. I think we're going to together have one of our best shows for either company. And I think it was. So I, I'm really proud of what we did. I'm proud of what they did. We came together and we had a great night. Uh, AEW in New Japan. And again, it wouldn't have been possible without you, Rock. So thanks, man. Uh, AJ, the champ's here, but I promise I'm going to get to you, okay? But you guys might have questions for him. Ladies and gentlemen, the interim AEW world champion, John Moxley. <laughs> some relationship you think you're gonna to be together forever it turns out like that was fucking five girlfriends before you actually met the one you're gonna to be together with or something like that uh meaning like uh you know, i thought it was a pretty cool deal uh last time i won the championship against Chris jericho actually Chicago too i thought it s seemed at the time like a uh, kind of an end to a particular road or a particular story but it was just the end of a very particular chapter that was like Bunch of, a bunch of chapters ago, and this feels like this feels like the end of a particular journey that uh, I didn't even realize I was on. You know, I thought there was a 
So, so it's just another end of another chapter. But it feels like this feels pretty good, man. Like because uh, the other, you know, time it was like, oh, okay, I'm pretty hot, and fans are pretty with me, and you know, we're going with this, and here's gonna win the belt. That's pretty cool. You know, that always feels nice. This feels like a whole. This feels like a fucking scratched and clawed and fucking fought and not just in the wrestling ring but in a lot of other areas of life and uh, this truly does feel like three years of fucking work and uh, in the ring outside of the ring in a bunch of different ways and a bunch of different areas that all seem like it somehow all led up to this that we didn't even see coming fucking three weeks ago or some shit. I, I didn't even know if I was on a fucking card, you know, and I'm in the main event. Probably, probably. Yeah, motherfucker wouldn't put me on a card. I am the fucking forbidden door and shit. Motherfucker wouldn't even put me on a card. You were definitely well, I was on the card. No, but like, the, you know, that's another thing that like, if, as soon as it was like, okay, you the main event against Tanahashi, I was like, of course I am. Then, of course. Because it was, it was supposed to be like, the whole time, that was my match, this is my shit, you know. Uh, and I fucking, I love fucking AEW, I love New Japan, you know, I love professional wrestling, but I love both, and you know, I'm so happy just to, even if I wasn't on that show tonight, it would have been cool to just sit back and go and be like, that's really cool that, you know, they were able to have a show together, you know, because it wasn't quite that, uh, there wasn't as much communication as Tony would tell you, like, a few years ago, but I thought that was stupid, and I'm like, these people are cool, and these people are cool, let's all just, like, can we just, you know, have some communication? So, like, if next year, you know, I'm not even, I don't even need to be on a, if we do Forbidden Door next year, I don't even need to be on a show. I'm never, like, top this. This is, like, just that it happened, happened and being a main event. It's just, that that in itself is crazy to be able to pull that this together. Man, and credit to Tony. I'm not saying that because he's sitting here. Like, I mean, it's really easy to fantasy book, you know, like you're reading a PWI in 1998 and it's WWF versus WCW and go, okay, so we're going to have Goldberg versus Austin, Rock versus Sting. And like, that's really easy to do, but to actually pull off a show like that with two companies and put a card together and make it all work, timing and booking and travel and injury-wise and like, you know, you got hit by some injuries, you know, like Ishii and stuff. To make all that actually, to actually pull that off in reality and pull off the show like was pulled off tonight, it's a huge credit to both to both sides. It's you know, just credit all around for. I my job is easy, you know. Everybody else just pulled off an incredible show tonight. And to say you know, I said it out there to the fans, like just like you, man. I'm so like what. Uh, so fortunate to like be here and witness like this crazy, like momentous occasion, you know, with all these. I mean, in this building, you know, you see Michael Jordan play basketball. I'm sure the, is that right? That's yeah, right. yeah, that's right. I'm sure there are fans watching Michael Jordan play basketball going, like, we have seen something really special, you know? And like, we're going to be able to say, like, we saw Jordan live in person in his prime. And how many fans got to see? Takahashi live in person today, you know, and Okada and Suzuki, and, you know, not even to mention all the great 
I mean, like you got to replace, you know, being a hometown guy in his hometown. You know, that's you know, people came to see a hometown guy, and you're not the hometown guy, and uh, you got to go in there against maybe the greatest of all time, you know, one of the greatest of all time, uh, and be the main event of like this amazing show, and you got to follow all of these top of the line, like, what a tough spot to be in, you know, and my dumb ass out there, like, really, I'm in this one spot, like, I don't, you know, I'm not all that strong, or all that fast, and I can't do any flips and bullshit, but I tried really hard, you know, that's what I did tonight, so, and, uh, yeah, it was awesome, man. I was just feeling, feeling pretty good, man. Yeah, can we do AJ? AJ has one for the champ. AJ, you get down. You're the last guy. You earned it. Um, first off, my name is AJ from the AJ Awesome Show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, with the back of combat club having new member after new member, Or whatever. No, hey, 
way to win the belt. No, it was like, you know, you could have done it's like three or four things. But I like that. I want, you know, I get plenty of congratulations. I don't need that shit. I need help get better. And uh, so he doesn't let anything slide. He keeps me sharp and helps me get better. And uh, having Claudio and Brian, uh, who are like two of the greatest, you know, I mean, Brian in my book, Brian Danielson is the greatest, before, you know, people say like, Tanahashi is one of the greatest ever, you know, Jericho's the GOAT, and we say all this, you know, just for my money, in my opinion, the greatest professional wrestler to ever live, to ever do it in the ring is Brian Danielson. And it's crazy because he's my partner. I get to like tag team with him, you know, and also he's one of my favorite wrestlers at like my legit like on my top list of like two or three, four, whatever, like he's in that group of like, oh, my favorite wrestlers to watch ever. And it's almost like there's two different, there's like my one of my favorite wrestlers to watch, Brian Danielson, who's like right up there with my all time favorites, like Brian Hart and stuff. And then there's like Brian, my friend, who's like all eco-friendly and shit, you know? <laughs> He's like a good father and all this, and you know, we have similar interests with Doc and whatever. That's almost like two separate people. And sometimes I gotta like piss myself out there, like, I get to team with one of my favorite wrestlers, like, all, all the time. That's pretty cool, man. So, I mean, if there's ever a guy that's gonna push you and make you better, and like, you can't slack off when you're teaming with a guy that good, because, you know, you gotta, it pushes me. I wanna like be like, oh, I, I can keep up with Brian. I'm pretty good too sometimes, you know. Like, so I, it makes me want to push myself. And then Claudio, who's just as a physical, I mean, what he, I'm convinced he's an alien. Like, there's no way that he's like that strong, that fast, and also he's smart, and he's nice, and he speaks four languages, and he's got this perfect, crazy superhero body. And like, there's no way. He's like, it's crazy that he's uh, just his ability in the ring is so good. Just one of the perfect professional wrestlers to ever exist. So I got him pushing me. And we legit like like training and uh, not to have Claudio here every week to be in the ring with him before the show or you know in the gym or whatever working on stuff like I think we're all gonna push each other and make each other better. I think you know year from now guys in the Blackpool Combat Club like holy shit. So like with those guys on my side to answer your question I think it's just gonna. I think it's gonna be tremendous help to make it be hopefully better and, and reach another level. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time, but. The question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. 
You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's friggin', it's cool, man. You know? I would like to see, because this is last year, check it out. I'm going to do some fancy. Right. Six minutes out. Got three dudes over here on this side. And Darby Allen. Got Steve. We got the great group. How do we make it happen? I don't know, you gotta talk to the guys in the back. That's the <laughs> You're lucky they like you so much in New Japan if I said that. Be yeah. I don't know, I think he works for the LA he works for the he like the president of Noah. The call. Is he not the president of Noah? Yeah. I think he's, he's the a, president of Noah. I don't know if that's everybody would love to see that. Gato would love to see that. Who would love to see that? It could be good. I don't know. I you know see that. Well, I think yeah. maybe some of the people would want to see that. It's so one guy who can get away with that. I'll leave you with that. It's one human. Just try to make it happen. Also, yeah, maybe. Also, Eddie Kingston would like to fight Jun Akiyama. I would like to do that. Where do we do that? I can do that. I, that'll do that. I, Akiyama. Hey, Eddie Kingston's looking for you, my friend. And if you want to bring Sakuraba, too, you know, maybe I'll go with him. <laughs> Sakuraba, actually. That'll be exploring. But, yeah, yeah. but most importantly, Jun Akiyama. Eddie's looking for you. Thanks. Hey, we gotta make something happen. Yeah, put it out. There. Only one guy can do that. That was great. Thanks, Jeff. That was awesome. Let's hear it for the champ. <laughs> hey. hey! Oh, my good friend. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Chris, you want to sit over here?
、えーとまあ、本日、フォーエーマッチだったんだけど、はいまあ、そういうちょっと試合を振り返ってみて、あと、初のタイトルマッチとして、フォーエーではないですか、それはいかがでしたそうですね、まあ、まず最初に、まああのまあ、こういう舞台を用意してくれた、まあ、ドニカ社長もそうですし、AEW の皆さん、AEW のファンの皆さんにです、ね、まあ、本当に選挙を待ちと伝えたいですし、まあ、フォーエーマッチ、えー、初めてでした。まあね、スリーウェイは昔やったことあったんですけども、まあ、放映マッチ初めてで、まあ、自分の、ね、やっぱ思うようにいかなかったですし、J ホワイトにすべ、えー、て持っていかれたんじゃないかと、まあ、J のうまさが、強さが目立った試合だったのかなと思います。ありがとうございます。えっと、あの、ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとう
Okay, so yeah, obviously you can see the physical evidence on Carter's face of how tough like, some of the AEW wrestlers are, and there's plenty of other AEW wrestlers that Carter would like to compete against. Um, but his mum would always say, once if you leave the door open, if you live in a barn, you have to shut it. And uh, Carter has to be the one to do that at some point. まあ、フェリーなどは英語だったりするんですけど、それはちょっとやりにくいですか、なんかに言うとしても。まあでも、プロレスはもう言語もないと戦いだと思うので、もう言語関係ないですし、リング上で戦うだけなので、まあ英語
uh, you know, sometimes the star aligns, the stars align for a perfect moment, and um, that's what happened tonight. I mean, like I'm, I hope Brian is right. I know Brian will be back, but um, it's just perfect fit. I just talked to uh, Mox. You know, we've been going back for 10, 10 12 years. You know, it's a long time. Uh, we used to ride together, we used to work out together, still do, we talk, like it's just, it just fits, you know, and at the end of the day, you know, I'm always looking for new challenges, and I mean, here in AW, it's like, I mean, it's like, I'm like a kid in the candy store. Can I just ask one more question? Yeah. Oh. Awesome. Uh, I mean, I was so excited to share the ring tonight with uh, Zack Sabre Jr. You know, I mean, I wrestled him last time in 2009. Um, there's so many guys that I just known for years. That, like, just, you know, like Orange Cassidy, for example, is one of them, you know. Um, we're not talking about the, the one that yells and screams all the time like a little kid. Uh, you know, it's just, to me, what is most important is the fans are excited, right? Who do you want to see me wrestle next? That to me was always the important thing. Is like, who's my dream opponent? Like, I don't care. Who do you guys want to see me wrestle, right? And and here in AEW, all that stuff can happen. You know, because even people are hurt. Like, you know, I, 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 last time I wrestled Kenny Omega was in Ring of Honor, probably 2008. I think we've grown a lot since then, so. You know, that's just worth a mention, you know what I mean? But then, like, it, I just, I can just name literally everybody I just run into in the locker rooms and, you know, backstage. It's just like, it's, again, I can probably give you a short list of who I don't want to step in the ring with. I like that list. And that is nobody. <laughs> so, like, you know what I mean? So, to me, it's, it's, like I said, I'm a kid in a candy store. And, um, you know, when you go shopping and they tell you, no, pick whatever. And you're just there and you're like, uh, uh. I, I, I don't know what to pick. That's me. It's, it's, I just come in here and I don't know if you can tell, I'm very happy. And uh, it just, it, it fits. This is my first night. And I told this to a bunch of people. This is my first night here. I feel like I've been here for years. It's just like, it, it just fits. It's awesome. Yeah, I would point out to everybody that we are, I think, about uh, 69 hours from Blood and Guts, roughly, and we are approaching nice. your, 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 thank you, yeah, you know, it's a quick turnaround, and, uh, you know, there's uh, not a lot of time, so if anybody does uh, have a question pertaining to Wednesday night, also, uh, you have a pretty big match coming up uh, for your Dynamite debut, which I'm very excited about. So here's the other thing, right? You always look for a challenge. I mean, Zack Sabre Jr., Sunday and then brother got some Wednesday. That's a challenge. That's awesome. And to me, the blood and guts, that's like the staple, right? And like to be thrown right in there with uh, you know, my friends, you know, with the 
Cox, Yuda. It's just, it's, it's amazing. And to me, that's what gets you up in the morning, right? That's what makes you work out every day. That's what makes, that's what makes me tick. So I can't wait. It's, 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 it's awesome. And um, what I love is that, that show is free TV. Yeah. I can't, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, wait, you get them free TV? It's awesome. So it's like, to me, that's, yeah, kid in the candy store. <laughs> it's great. We're excited to have you on Wednesday night on TBS, and uh, you've saved one of our biggest events we've ever had tonight, and now you're going to save us again <laughs> on Wednesday, and I think we're all excited to see you on that. I love it. If you, if you have a problem, uh, if you don't know who else to call, what is the A-team slogan, right? You, you <laughs> call the Swissman, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Is there anything else, uh, Jim? Okay, well, they really appreciate you coming in and uh, not just uh, doing the press conference, but also being here tonight. It means a lot. No, thanks. Uh, glad to be here, and I'm super excited for uh, Wednesday, Blood and Guts, and I'm super excited for the Wednesday after that, and then the Wednesday after that, and the Wednesday after that, and hell yeah. <laughs> Claudio is all elite. Thanks, guys. Thanks for the hot tag. The hot tag. Congratulations. Let's go. I guess this is what it is, right? That is what that's for. Thank you. I'm like other champions who had trouble working that. Yeah. Um, two incredible matches back to back. One of the one of the ones on the I know everybody's saying love the mood circulating, who's coming here, when they're coming here. I'm not I don't know what the future is gonna hold for me in this aspect, but if there's an opportunity to defend the championship or have anybody come from somewhere else, I think uh, Tony will, will make it happen. And I know I, I know what you're saying, because last week also Taya Valkyrie called me out for Triple A for the championship of Reina de Reina. So I will take anybody anytime, anywhere. Plain and simple. Um, we saw the match, but I wanted you to talk a little bit about the influence of Justin Rhodes and yes. how he's kind of helped you as you go along. Um, he, he's been with me from day one, the first day that I came here as a, a non-signed um, talent. He came in and he's like, he saw something in me. He's like, you just got it, girl. Like, you're going to make a huge change in this division. And he just took me under his wing and uh, we came really close. I, I, I just talked to him like 20 minutes ago and I was like, just remember I'm your you know, wrestling daughter, so you're screwed. So <laughs> he's been very kind to like allow me to use some of his moves now. And as you guys saw today, I did uh, his finisher. So I was like very, very uh, humble that he allowed me to do this now. And uh, I owe him a lot because he, every, Every night before I wrestle, he always reminds me that I am the best and that I should believe in myself all the time. And, uh, and he believes in me too, so that's that says a lot from somebody like him. Thank you. Um, first off, great match tonight. Thank you. Um, with all the different gear designs and makeup that you've done, 
<laughs> so I've been working on this gear for probably about a year. I always tell Tony, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to top the next year, on the next February, and I'm going to top the next one. So it's always, it has to do with culture, sometimes it has to do with cosplay. Uh, I'm just very creative all the time, and uh, I like to create uh, new stuff. But this one is specific. I really wanted to go for the Aztec Warrior, because like, you guys know I have a, a tattoo on the side of my leg, and that's an Aztec Warrior with like MMA gloves, and it's just, like everything at the same time. So, um, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm already working on the next one, I still don't know what it's going to be, but I like to keep it very interesting, and also, because I would like to have all the toys, right, so <laughs> um, I would like to have um, different special action figures for each cool design, so, you know, isn't it a nice way to make some extra money? There are only a couple times I remember coming to you and saying, like, I felt real strong, and two in particular were... The original St. Patrick's Day Slam. Yes. That I felt really strong that if you went out and wore green, we could do something really iconic. And from the beginning, we set out to do something really special there, and you did. And then we went back this year in the St. Patrick's Day Slam and had the rematch in the cage with Britt for the championship. And again, I felt really strong. Have word green again. Yes. And and uh, I think uh, you do a great job in the designs, but on the St. Patrick's Day Slams, I think they've also been two of your very iconic uh, appearances. So that's. Uh, I just think uh, you do it great with it, but also some of them have been associated with big events too. Thunder Rosa, there's another champion in AEW, very outspoken, Jane Cargill, the TNS Women's Champion. She's been saying a lot of things in all different directions in AEW. Some say that she doesn't have the place to say those things. You have a championship. How do you feel about that? Well, I let her do her thing, you know, she likes to run her mouth, I let her run her mouth, you know, we were uh, raised and brought up in different styles and in different places, uh, she was blessed that uh, she was right there at the right place at the right time, kind of like me, but, you know, with less time, because I have to, like, do a lot of stuff in the evenings, so if she feels inclined to say what she needs to say, that's fine, everybody has their own opinion, you know, I respect her, again, I've said it multiple times, every time she, um, she has stepped in the ring, she has brought something new, She's always working, and you know, if she feels very inclined to go after people, she's gonna do whatever she wants, right? Um, as long as she doesn't get personal with me, I don't have a problem with her. But as soon as she starts getting personal, then we have we have a problem. Okay, so first of all, I want to know, you know, we waited for such a long time to bring you to actually become champion, and you finally got this moment, and it was so awesome, so grand, and so I want to ask you, now that you've been champion for quite some time, what would you say is that thing that you have learned about yourself now that you're champion and that you've held the belt? Wow, it's actually, I saw it on Twitter, it's 100 days, so it just went quite fast. Like, I just remember St. Patrick's Day, you know, it was a very special moment. I think it is, it's an uphill battle with yourself. As a champion, you're not only representing the division, but you're also representing the company, right? So it's been, um, it's been quite a journey. And I think, uh, I want to thank Tony and Mega for uh, literally, like, literally holding my hand at some points because it's been rough um, and they always have a lot of support. And when I have always need a need of something, They've always been there for me, and when you have support like that, it really means a lot because, um, you know, moving the curtain a little bit, we all suffer from, you know, different things, family issues, or just like we face a lot of struggles that people don't know, but when you have people like that that care for you, 
um, not only they help you become a better champion, but they also uh, help you become a better person. And honestly, I can tell you in the last in the last month, they've been such a support for me. And I am very thankful to the AW family because they have allowed me to be me, and they have allowed me to accept myself for who I am and present that to the world. Because Tony's never said anything. No, you can't do that, Melissa. Or hey, uh, Thunder, you can't. He's always allowed me to be myself. And I think for a lot of people that have been in the business, it, they can't say that, you know? So uh, I'm really thankful, Tony, and, you. And, and you know that you have changed the life, not only in my family, but the life of a lot of women that are, you know, working with me. And because of what I'm doing right now, I'm allowed to help them, you know, get where they want to be. So I want to be. Thank you, Chair. Uh-oh. They're carrying in a lot of weight. Hey, John, you're going to need multiple guys. Much more mature than, than Jay White. Well, I'll tell you what. If you want to put the IWTP boys up here, maybe I can carry all of these. I'll send these here for you. I'll hand these off to you, boys. And you can put the IWGP. Can we give these guys a hand? Put the IWGP. Yeah, give them a hand. That kind of hand, too. It's not easy having all this gold, guys. So let's fucking go. Oh, thank you. Got all of these, huh? Yeah. Over here. Hey, Paul, you. Thank you so much. Congratulations, first of all. You're holding the IWGP belts. Are you going to defend them, and are you willing to defend them overseas? No, no, we're not going to defend them. We're going to lose our smile. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the whole, the whole dream for us was to come to do AEW, to do New Japan, to be AEW champions, to be IWGP heavyweight tag team champions. And the pandemic kind of, you know, slowed that down for a while. And now things are opening back up. We're getting back out here. Travel's becoming way more easy and accessible for everybody. And, yeah, we'll go kick some ass in New Japan. I think ultimately, you know, uh, the reason we came here is because um, we fucking love wrestling. I mean, uh, I've said it a million times before, but uh, what I perceive to be God and my wife and daughter and professional wrestling, that's all I've got in my life. Um, and so for me to be able to write down beside my best friend, to, for me to be able to write our names beside the greatest tag teams of all time in American history, uh, like the like the Arns and Tollies and the Midnight Expresses and the Heart Foundation and the Bulldogs, um, now we get to go to Japan and write our names beside the guys like Bigelow and Vader and Hase Amuda and the Steiner brothers. And, you know, and, and, and to be able to do that uh, around the globe um, that's pretty cool. That's that's what we want to do uh, in life and in wrestling too. Hey guys, we're just going to focus on sports. Uh, my question is, you both have spoken publicly about the struggles it took to get to this point. And you seem to be missing one set of tag times. So first, how does it feel to be where you are now in return? And then second, when are you going to start to make that approach to the end of the tag time? 
so as we walk up here, you see um, we're not the uh, prototypical professional wrestlers. Um, we're barely scratching the surface of five foot ten. You know, uh, we don't have the greatest bodies in the world. Um, I have a completely authentic Southern accent, and so we're fighting every single um, obstacle in you know uh, in in in, uh, in the realm of. of uh, what we perceive to be mainstream professional wrestling. And so uh, for us to be able to overcome every single, single obstacle and uh, be able to, to be in this position where we're at right now at AEW to hold these three championships and you know to possibly be able to fight for the AEW World Tag Team Championships, uh, there's nothing better than that. Uh, so we're, we're, we're proud, you know, very proud of where we come from. And I think sometimes fans, uh, some of the fans, not all, not, not, not even most of them, but some of the fans can say, oh, you, sh- you, should, you should just sit back and, and, and collect your checks and I'll stop complaining. But if I stop complaining, man, I can't go home to my eight-year-old daughter and say, you can be whatever you want. I can't go home to my eight-year-old daughter and say, you can be the, 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 the first woman president. You know what I mean? Because if I sit back and just collect a check, then I'm lying to her. Because I'm working hard for her, so she knows that when daddy leaves every single week, he's going to work so he can take care of mama and her. You know what I mean? And I'm and and I've overcome those obstacles to show her that if I can make it here, with the fucking hell, man, she can do whatever she wants because she's way smarter than me. She's way nicer than me. She's way prettier than me. She's way so much of a better person than I am. And now I'm able to do this with my best friend and the fuck. Listen, I've worked and I've I've I'm not even kidding. This is a complete shoot. I have um, I have. <laughs> Uh, worked on a septic tank truck where I have human shit every single day. I have worked at Taco Bell where I have put uh, almost human shit on tortillas and served them every single day. Uh, I've done every single job possible because I grew up poor and, and I've worked for every single person in the world. And I'm not even saying this because sometimes we have our differences. I've never worked for a better human being who cares about me and my family as people in this moment. And so now I get to do that here and on top of that, take care of my wife and on top of that, get to take care of my daughter and on top of that, get to say, hey, you're a woman and you can do whatever the hell you want to do because daddy's doing it and you're way better than I am. Fuck, man, that, that's, that's, that's the ultimate for me, you know? Yeah. We've, we've both been doing this over half of our lives at this point. And for the past eight years, I didn't know where it was going to go, but we said to anybody who would listen that we were going to be the best tag team that's ever done this. And for a long time, people laughed at us and thought that we were just these overconfident, undersized, non-bodybuilders that had this inflated ego. And it wasn't. We just wanted to manifest something. We wanted people to believe what we believe. And if I didn't believe the shit that we said, then I never would have made it here. And I don't just say that wrestling gave us the life that we have. It saved my life. And I'll say that every single day, like, I came from absolute shit. Like, um, if it wasn't for this, I don't know where I would be, but I know it wouldn't be good. And so, to have these, to have this, to have this, to be the longest reigning number one contenders in AEW Tag Team Championship history, that means a lot to me. You're not in front of him. I say that. I said it means a lot to me. Um, but yeah, we've already been AEW Tag Team Champions once, and I, we just got a little small taste of that. I don't like not having what I I perceive to be an FTR run. And when we come out here, we win the AEW Tag Team titles, and we will win them. 
and we go on a, like a two-year run and then we lose our smiles and retire, then we'll say, yeah, we've done it. We're the best to ever do it. Just kidding. Right? I'm not. Got a Chris Wolfack from the Zone News. In recent weeks, we've seen outstanding singles matches from the Wolfies, really good matches. Is that a deep looking set of both field guys' futures away from what it's actually achieving? Is that something you'd like to do? I won't speak to that, but for me, I think we're just really good wrestlers in general. Singles war tag, and it's, uh, you know, we're unbiased, great professional wrestlers. Um, Dax has always been one of these guys that is eat slept and breathe professional wrestling to a point that it can be unhealthy at times. But like I said, we work for a guy who lets us be human, lets us be assholes, lets us have our bad days. But at the end of those days, we get to come out here, and whether it's singles, whether it's tag, we get to put on the best version of what we do. And I think that just elevates us completely in everybody's eyes. And I don't want to be a tag team guy, or a singles guy, I always want to be a tag team guy. But if we do singles matches, we're going to kill it. If we do tag team matches, we're going to kill it. If we do anything, we're going to kill it. So as a, as a kid, uh, I, mean, I mean a little kid, I mean June 13th, uh, June 13th, maybe it's 23rd, 1993 is when I decided I wanted to be a professional wrestler. Uh, and I remember, <laughs> I remember praying every single night that I would, that God would either allow me to be uh, a WCW, an ECW, or the other place in which you uh, I remember walking to my friend's house and there were these long stretch of bushes and I would fake like I was tagging their hands and I was, and I was hoping, I was like, I hope all these leaves become my fans, okay? That's what I wanted, that's all I've ever wanted was to be the best possible professional wrestler in the world. I, right now, I want to be the best in the world. And when I retire, I want people to say he's the best, he was the best ever. But if they don't, that's okay. Because at least I tried. At least that's what I strived for. That's what I tried to make happen. Uh, as far as the singles matches, I'm just very fortunate that Tony has trusted me, trusted both of us into, into having that, into, into being able to, to deliver those matches. Um, but uh, we're on the back end of our career, you know? Um, and we've built a legacy, and we're continuing to build a legacy in tag team wrestling. So why would I start over now as a singles wrestler and build from that? If the opportunity comes up and he gets injured or something, then yeah, I got to feed my family, so so I'll do it. But uh, ultimately, uh, I just want to do good for professional wrestling, and I think doing good for professional wrestling right now is to continue to write our legacy. Yeah, how do you remember that date, June 13th, June 23rd? What's that date? It's uh, King of the Ring, 1993. King of the Ring. Okay, that's great. There was yeah. a guy that the Narsa. The Narsa is that night won the inaugural King of the Ring. I can't remember his name right now. <laughs> that's crazy. That's what it is. That's great. <laughs> Will Washington, uh, yeah. um, Yes. Uh, um, so, the last couple of weeks, uh, this past Wednesday and tonight, you guys have received some of what I call the biggest pop events I've ever had. And uh, a big factor of that is, of course, you guys being one of the best actors out there. But, uh, dude, but, sorry. Rewind. Don't eight. say one. Come on. It's at least lied to us. We're right here in front of you. Okay. Another lie has been um, the change in theme music, which I think last fall a lot of people were a little bit skeptical of, but I would say today, across the board, people have called one of the best themes out there. I've been in crowds where I've seen people go 
That's over. Dancing in the stands. How do you guys feel like the music has affected uh, your guys' presentation? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, the only person we got to thank for that is Tony. I mean, that was his call, and he called us in his office. And he was so excited, man. He was like, "You guys have to listen to this," and we listened to it. And I, I can't lie to you. At first, I was like, "Oh my god, that's not that's not what we're used to." You know, we're used to being these badass guys who like come out and fight and stuff. But uh, that god, it sounds like I'm gonna, I'm kissing his butt. I promise, I'm not. <laughs> this is the most that you've ever done. <laughs> Like what they don't understand, what no one understands is, god dang, like the, the word genius gets thrown around, but he really is freaking smart when it comes to wrestling. I mean, in, in life in general, he's smart, but like, that's, when, when, but when, no, that, the first part means more fun from you. That okay. means a lot coming from you, especially considering who I pulled the music from. He probably wouldn't be the first. To <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, he, uh, I grew up on it. This is good, uh, but he, he really is like he. Like the, I can think of tackle, drop down, leapfrog, and, and lock up, and stuff like that. But he can think broader than that, and, and sometimes it makes me mad, you know, because I'm like, oh my god, I'm supposed to be the smart, the the the, the, the professional. Smart as hell. <laughs> I'm supposed to be the professional, but then he takes it to another level. And so he played this music for us, and he was so hyped, and it was cool music. And I was like, I don't know if that's us. Uh, it's not us, and that yeah, you're right. That that has helped our. Pre- I think that I think um, I think like uh, uh, our uh, rainbow attire and like what we want to present out there. Um, I think his mullet and my mustache, uh, and I also think uh, I think the style of wrestling we bring to. I think it all just came together at once, and the universe provided it for for, for us and. And I think uh, it's manifested itself into making us some pretty good baby faces. I think 99% of it's just the two of you guys, and less than 1% of it is that. And another piece of it that is, you know, 99% of it is down to the two of you, but one person is not here tonight. But I've seen you become a more confident and better wrestler since CM Punk went through that oh, door. Yeah. I've seen you both take it to another level as his partner and backstage and talking to him. And I've watched you get more switched on, and I've watched you take it from being one of the best wrestlers in the world, the true, like on the, the, from the highest platform to somehow an even higher platform. And the two of you guys have taken it to another level. And particularly, I've watched you get mentally switched on in a totally different way. And Dan, you've always been there. And as a, as a team, you've always been there. But now as a third, you have a third guy with you. And it's really strong. It would have been a very different build to this pay-per-view. We still had one of the greatest things I've ever been a part of in my life. But I think, like I said, 99% of it's down to you guys. And then there's all these other factors, music. And I think Phil has been a very positive influence on both of you. I think just to kind of sum it all up is that there was nothing like, there wasn't a roadmap to how we were going to get here. We all just, Dave and I, Dax and I, David and I decided we wanted to just make as much fun as we could with the rest of what we're going to be doing because we don't know how long we're going to be doing this. And that kind of started the, the snowball. And then just small things here and there. Pump's arrival. Tony having this idea to switch the music. And like, when I heard the music, I loved it. But I, I, I go straight to my mind. I'm like, how do I walk out to this? And I'm trying to picture it. I'm like, it's great music, but I don't know how to how to beat this. But you don't have to now. Like, it's just kind of one of those things where you hit it. And like, everybody's kind of moves however they feel individually. And like, 
it's just been one of those things where everything just kind of fallen into place and it's been so serendipitous that it's almost comical but it has like it's it's peaked to right here like this has kind of all just been one wild and crazy coincidence Dean drove me over here today and while Dean and I were sitting in the car I was sitting in shotgun and I played it on my phone in the car with him and I showed him a tweak I made like because if you the track I think that's on iTunes there's like a cut about 45 seconds in because there's like Mikey had it go up with like a little interlude between the what I call the hook and like it kind of goes up and then it goes back down. I was like, on TV, we got to just, we don't have, I don't have four seconds, Mikey. You got to go right back to it. And uh, so the TV version, I think there's like a force, but I love it so much. And it was just one of those things one day, it was just a light bulb and I was like, this is what we need. This is what we need. Uh, the, the frogs, this is what the frogs. frogs. Just real, real <laughs> quick, frog. When he called us into his office, like I said, I'd already heard it once because he hadn't made it there yet. And I loved it, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to like, again, all about visualization for me. I'm a very visual guy, so I have to like picture it, and I'm trying to picture it. And like he's playing it now, and Dave's in there, and Tony's just jamming the fuck out, dude. <laughs> and it's like, okay, like everybody's gonna be doing this, so like just let's everybody just feel like Tony feels right now. Let's go and look at it. It's just been and then if the I, best just, just one more minute, and then we'll. I know you guys. You're good on time. We have time. I'm gonna. These guys will fly out five point. hours. <laughs> but but. I want to go off something Tony said about punk being here and helping us out and, and, and helping us. Uh, so I, I've been very open about my mental struggles and uh, and my, my, my anxiety. Um, man, I went through a really, really, really tough time with anxiety just last year, almost to the day right now, last year. And it almost completely broke me. And then on top of that, when right, you went back on the road, you were having a tough time. Tough time. Like, I, I've never, ever, ever been that vulnerable and that scared my entire life. Um, and as a 37-year-old Southern male, you don't, that doesn't happen. And it did happen. Uh, and then on top of that, that, yeah. And on top of that, I almost watched my best friend bleed out, you know, from his, his injury. And so those two things combined, um, we were, we, we just knew, like you said, we had to have fun. But uh, with the with Punk being here, um, I don't care what anyone says, and I don't care if you, if you say he's a WWE guy or, or we're, 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 we're uh, deviating away from AEW because he's a, he is here to make AEW better, and he's here to make us better. Uh, he has helped me through my anxiety, man, and uh, that shows you the human being he is because he'll take time for me uh, to say, hey, come with me. Let's have some coffee or let's watch some wrestling and he'll talk me through the stuff. And I've come out on, thank God, I've come out on the other side of anxiety and I owe a lot of it. And I owe a lot of it to both these guys. This man gave me time off if I needed it. And this man talked to me every single day and almost fought people for me. Uh, but also on top of that, <laughs> Punk uh, is a great human being and a great addition to our roster. So we're lucky to have him. Sorry. Here's the last question for FTR, and then we'll wrap up for a few questions from the end. Thanks, John. Hey, guys. Jamie from the Podcast. Um, I want to ask you guys about the own art match that you guys have been watching. Preparation, preparation for that match. How many preps own matches did you guys actually watch? And how did you decide what you wanted to do as far as the sequences in that match? And, yes, especially for you, a lot of online chat about you possibly being wrestling the year the way you work this year. How do you feel? He is wrestling the year. So I, I understand what you're getting to as far as the Brett Noah matches, um, and I saw a couple of people tweet about it and say, "Oh man, they did the they did they did a rehash." No, I 
I have done a rehash for the last 18 years of my career of Bret Hart. You know what I'm saying? And, and so it's not, it, it wasn't that we tried to, because I, I saw the tweet and it was like uh, seven different matches. It was different. literally six or seven matches of Bret Hart. And then they were like, oh, watch this and this. I took a front turnbuckle and they were like, oh, that was just like the Owen and Bret match. Bret no. took a German suplex before. Oh, yeah, you took a German suplex. No, no, it wasn't. I just love wrestling. God damn. I love, sorry for saying GD, but I love wrestling. I love it, and I watch it every single day. There's not a day that goes by I don't watch wrestling. So, yeah, if I accidentally subconsciously steal something from the match, man, my bad. I apologize for being a wrestling fan above everything else. That's my fault, okay? Not not anybody else's fault. But uh, I didn't – the one thing we stole, I guess, from the Brett Owen match was the victory roll because people thought that was going to be the finish, and we wanted to trick you guys. That's it. Other than that, we just wanted to work. We didn't – Call anything. We let we went out there and we freaking worked and we reacted off of each other. And that's what the beauty of professional wrestling is: is emotion and reaction, and and, and, and physicality and, and storytelling. And that's what we did. You know what I'm saying? I didn't I didn't sit down and watch one match and say, okay, we got to do this, we got to do this while you know doing my little deal at home. Sorry, but so I'm doing my little deal at home. No, I just love wrestling and I know what makes people feel. And that's all we wanted to do was make him feel. Uh, as far as being wrestler of the year, that's pretty freaking cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, I would, it would be, uh, it would be really, really crazy if somehow at the end of 2022, uh, I became wrestler of the year. Uh, we became tag team of the year, and we had match of the year with either Briscoes and Bucks that would be pretty, or whoever's coming up in the next six months. Or so yeah, that would be pretty, pretty cool. Well, sorry to take all that. Anybody in wrestling worth their salt in the business that has studied it and wanted to be this for a long time and didn't just come from anywhere else to get paid? Like, they're influenced by somebody. I mean, yes, we're influenced by the Hearts. We're influenced by Eddie. We're influenced by the Midnights. We're influenced by Arn and Tully. We take bits from everybody. Everybody in wrestling today that's successful at a certain level has probably borrowed from somebody or been influenced by somebody, and you see that reflected in their work. Like, one or two things, yes, purposely taken from WrestleMania 10. Everything else just happenstance because these guys have helped shape our careers and our lives. And everything that we've done has been around professional <laughs> wrestling and professional wrestlers. And those guys are professional wrestlers. Like, everybody else, like, I can I can take anything from a sports entertainer. I can take any, anything from a, an actor, this or that. But when it comes to the actual in-ring aspect of it, I'm going to model myself after the absolute best people that's ever done this because I want to be up there in that echelon. So like, for our match, there wasn't any different preparation. There wasn't any different st- tape studying. It was just, okay, what's the story we want to tell? How do we do this to pay our ultimate respect to Owen? And how do we just go out there and have this match without compromising what FTR is? And I think that's that was the only goal we had. In one more minute, and then I'll let you guys know. Uh, uh, we also wanted this match. We wanted this match. When people thought of the Owen Hart tournament, we wanted them to think, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, Dax and Cash. That's what we wanted. Um, also, uh, you know, to, to, to go on the point of the studying the tapes and stuff, you got to understand uh, a lot of guys who were incredible wrestlers made a lot of money from the end of the 90s up until right now. So there's a, there's a gap where we missed out, not just us, but like the, our generation of wrestlers missed out on the legends of wrestling. Think about this. Ole Anderson wrestled for 20 years, 20, 25 years, 30 years. And, and Eddie Graham, the same thing, but then he went to booking. 
because they needed to make money for years. So they got to work with all these different uh, different generations of guys. We, our generation, didn't get that. So we didn't get that. We, I mean, rest in peace. Not not anything, but but like the Eddie Guerrero's. We didn't get to work with him and Steve Austin's and and, we, and rocks and stuff. We didn't get to work with them because they made so much money, so they were able to get out. The only way that we can learn now is by studying. Because we can't work with them. I can't work with them and lock up with Steve Boston and say, okay, slow down, kid. I can't. So I have to watch and study him and say, okay, why does he slow down? Why do they do this? Why does Bret Hart take a headlock takeover here and they sit here for a second? Or why does Bret Hart sell? Why does, you know what I'm saying? So that's how we have to learn. Our generation has to learn. So if we accidentally take something from a match you see, our bad. But that, that, that's why we, that, that's how we learn that. So I can do a full 15, 20 minutes, Jim. This is highly unusual. We've never done it. I feel like Larry Sanders on his 8th anniversary special. I've never done this before. John getting a non-alcoholic beer. Do you guys mind if I wait? We'll get run real restroom real quick and come right back. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> It's not safe for 
Hey, thanks for waiting. Hey, you're welcome. Thank you. Okay, we're gonna go. We're gonna start here. Twenty minutes here with Tony. Start here with Nick. Very serious. Eighth anniversary. Those of you RJ City, RJ City watching in Toronto. Hey, you up? Oh, okay. Hey, welcome back. Hey, thanks. All right, so now you're taking a little meeting. So you own AEW, own RH. Wondering, you mentioned Forbidden Door too, or maybe an All In two. Where are you going when you do one of those? Possibly. Did I mention it all into? I don't know, maybe. Well, uh, now with the acquisition of the ROH library and the ROH promotion, that is video footage that is now uh, a trademark bar, so it's definitely something that, that I am open to in the future. Uh, the biggest event in AEW history is All Out. I think uh, it, there's... there's uh, yeah, uh, I will get into that. I can get into that. Rap. I don't know if you want to. We've said uh, September 4th. And September 4th. We'll have an announcement after July 4th. We just got into Grand Slam, I think, announcing Grand Slam at Arthur Ashe tonight. September 21st, Rap? September 21st. Grand Yep, and I just made the announcement to start the press conference about Ring of Honor since you asked so nicely. Uh, July 23rd, we come back, Bowl, Massachusetts. Yes. And uh, very excited about that. That'll be great uh, for Death Before Dishonor. Uh, very excited. And you just saw the, the champs here. We'll see, uh, they'll probably defend the titles between now and then, I'd imagine. And we'll, we'll see where they're at coming into there. And a lot of other great champions in Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor pure champion, Willie Yuta, is actually defending the title on AEW Dark on Tuesday night. Leading into Blood and Guts is a bold move going into Blood and Guts, so it's going to be Wheeler Yuta against Tony Nese, who had a pure rules match last week. That's going to be a great match, I think, on Tuesday night. Really excited about Wednesday night, Blood and Guts. I think for Ring of Honor, uh, a lot of great wrestlers in AEW with great backgrounds in Ring of Honor we've seen. Uh, there's a lot of great opportunities, but I'm really excited to bring that promotion back with Death Before Dishonor, and we'll see where that takes us. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, they'll be the UMass School uh, Office Center. Now until July 8th. It's uh, Saturday, July 23rd. Okay. Got a question over here. Okay. Good, Nick. Thank you very much. I'm doing well. Thanks. It's great to be great. It's hometown show for us. I know, right? It's wonderful. We're going to be home in 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> uh, my question was about something the fans are still talking about that we haven't seen on AEW and TV uh, since his uh, bombshell promo. Uh, that's MJF. Uh, is MJF. So with AEW, like, what is his status with the company right now? I am, uh, especially after the great show we did, I'm, I'm not going to comment on it, but it's, it's a fair question to ask, but I'm, I'm not, not going to cover that one right now. Thanks, Nick. Um, do you have another question you want to ask? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. No, I, you, I don't want you to waste up your question. Let, 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 let me give it with follow-up next. Sure, it's okay. What is it? I need a mic. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, the other thing is I want to bring a little bit of the real world into this right now. Another non-forbidden more question, but obviously on Friday there was a big Supreme Court ruling, a big topic of conversation is if employers are going to be paying for women on under their employees to be going across state lines to get abortions if the situation does arise. Is that something that you would be willing to do for female members of the roster or people that are under your Hasn't come up. Uh, I don't know. It's just that situation hasn't come up. And honestly, that uh, since last Friday, we've been working on Forbidden Door almost nonstop. So I, 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 that situation has never come up. Uh, so I, I can't say. But uh, sorry not to answer either of your questions. Thanks, Tony. Um, it seems like you've got a ready-made feud between Moxley and CM Punk when he returns from injury. 
with getting some stations to use Shampoo tonight and to push that feud forward? Well, I think it made a lot of sense with his just coming off surgery very recently for him at home recovering. I thought it would be good for uh, him to have a chance at home to uh, recover. I didn't think it made sense for him to, to come out and get physically involved in anything coming just off surgery. So that's really my call. I think it doesn't make any sense for CM Punk to come in here injured on uh, just a couple weeks off of an important surgery that is important for the whole company. And absolutely, we have something down the line now with a potential interim title match. Mox is going to defend the interim championship between now and then. So it does, it certainly as it stands right now, would be CM Punk versus John Moxley for the undisputed AEW championship in a unification match. Chris, I know you know very well as a, somebody who covers for his own boxing and mixed martial arts and fighting, the idea of the interim championship and what it means. But obviously, uh, when there's a champion who's had surgery, it means potentially uh, some time off. I think it makes a lot of sense with us having the weekly television show to have a great interim champion defend the title between now and then. So I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that it's going to be Punk versus Moxley, but I do think uh, we know that Moxley is the interim champion, the first ever interim AEW world champion, and presents a very interesting matchup possibility online, but I also think there's a lot of really exciting matchups for Mox as the interim world champion on Dynamite and Rampage and potentially other places. So I'm really excited for John as the interim world champion, and uh, it feels like it was a long time ago because we've had a lot of people come through that uh, not-so-forbidden door today to speak to you all. But uh, when John was up here, I, it, it was cool sitting up here with him, and uh, it means a lot to me and I think a lot of other people and, that he's back and to see him like this. It's awesome. From where we were, when I was in front of a lot of you before. Thank you. Thank you for coming over. Got Thanks. a question over here, too. Hi, AJ. Hello. Uh, first off, great show tonight. Thank you. I appreciate that, man. And my question is going to be about Rick and Walker. That is one of the most relevant and best questions. There's been a lot of conversations about it, but it takes two to tango, so as they say. So that uh, I would love to provide that and present that content. I think it's right now we've got this great new management team at Warner Brothers Discovery, and they are really, really strong management, and they're great. And I've had really good interactions and meetings with them, and I think there's a lot of projects at AEW they're very excited about and I, and I, I have been talking to them about that and also had conversations about now Ring of Honor TV with the new bosses of Warner Brothers Discovery which is the largest creator of content in the world and it's really exciting to have that as our media partner and in the pro wrestling space with Ring of Honor now I was really very eager to keep some of the momentum we built with Death, with Death Before Dishonor coming now, some of the momentum we built with Supercard of Honor because it was one of the most successful Ring of Honor pay-per-views ever, certainly the most successful in several years. And it would be probably on the top three Ring of Honor events in terms of generating revenue in 20 years, over 20 years now of Ring of Honor. And so I wanted to keep that momentum going and really have something. So we, even though we aren't ready to launch the weekly TV show by July 23rd, by on July 23rd, we are going to come back on pay-per-view with Death Before Dishonor. I'm really excited about the card. And we have great champions in Ring of Honor now. And there's, a, there's interesting things coming out of Supercard of Honor and things that have happened on AEW TV since Supercard of Honor. And whether it was Dynamite or Rampage and also Battle of the Belts where the Ring of Honor world title was defended, 
we've seen the world champion Jonathan Gresham. You defended it there against Dalton Castle, and then he was on Rampage this week. The pure champion Wheeler Yuta was on the show tonight and will be in Blood and Guts, and also he's going to defend the title against Tony Nese between now and then. And we've got, uh, of course, Mercedes Martinez. We've seen her t- also teaming with Serena D, which is kind of interesting lately. And uh, a number of other Ring of Honor stars. We saw Tully Blanchard bring his group in. Samoa Joe and Jay Lethal have a long-standing rivalry, which is pretty interesting because Samoa Joe is the Ring of Honor World Television Champion, and Jay Lethal is the longest-reigning Ring, Ring of Honor World Television Champion ever. And uh, that's a rivalry that goes back to our first Ring of Honor show. So. There's a lot of cool things that have been happening in Ring of Honor and will happen in Ring of Honor. I am, I really am hopeful and optimistic that we are going to get weekly TV back, like you asked. But the next step is definitely July 23rd for Ring of Honor on Death Before Design. Thanks, man. Hey. You mentioned earlier in the week that you at least pondered the idea of a two-night show because of all the talent that you have on the roster. Um, and also, I think fans like the fantasy book uh, stadium show for you guys, like a football stadium, uh, really large venue. Now that you've successfully pulled off from the door once, do you feel like this could be the event that would go in one of those directions, like a two-night show? Could it be bigger? I think it... Any, I mean, there's always possibilities for growth, and that's one of the really great things about our business has been the year-over-year pay-per-view growth. Every franchise we've ever had has grown year-over-year. So, double or nothing, all out, revolution, and full, full gear, all of them, that year-over-year growth. And we've done four double or nothing now, and three of all out, full gear, and revolution. All of them have gone year-over-year. And so, now with our kind of baseline we've set for this, I hope we can continue that trend also with our partnership with New Japan and have Forbidden Door go up year, year after year, and that would be great for us. People always ask me what my five-year plan is, and I'm really happy. And I think if we can give the wrestling fans uh, dynamite and rampage and keep strong TV for the fans, and, and then obviously with Ring of Honor, I was just talking about that, I think there's opportunities there for us. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's a huge show now, but success would be growing it year over year. And in terms of live attendance, this was a great live attendance. I mean, it's hard to beat this. Uh, but also growing the pay per view business year over year, expanding. We're in 130 countries at UW now around the world. New Japan is in a lot of the same countries. We actually present our TV and streaming in New Japan through New Japan World. And I think just growing this business year over year would be big success just like we've had with other pay-per-view franchises. Thank you. Hi, Tony. I'm Joshua from Montreal TV Sports. Um, just wanted to see if you have any update on the Adam Cole and what happened at the end of the match. Yeah, uh, I think yeah, Adam Cole will be okay and I think uh, he, was, he was in the match and it was a very physical wrestling match and uh, he was he was pinned in the match and uh, the timing of it, it wasn't... Uh, um, it, it, it may not have looked uh, when people expected it to happen, but that's when it happened, and he's he's, he's going to be okay long term. But uh, probably if, if he couldn't continue wrestling, it made sense for that to you know. I think if you can't keep fighting, there's uh, discretion is a better part of valor. So uh, that you know, I think long term will be okay. Thanks. Um, 
Yes, I was interested in that, and there were, to be honest, the people from Stardom, I was interested in using Stardom, they have the, obviously, close relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling being aligned, and all the wrestlers from Stardom were pretty much booked, and they didn't have visas, so it was a, it was a big obstacle, and, you know, I, I think there is definitely potential there, certainly Tony is one of the hottest rising stars in AEW since she arrived in AEW, and I thought it made great sense. She's been a champion in Japan, she's got great experience with stardom, and also somebody who's been on our TV, and it was a great match we could build to, and it was a, it was not a blood rivalry where they hate each other, but it was for mutual respect, and it was fought, fittingly enough, you just asked me about Ring of Honor, fought with honor. And it was, a, it was a great wrestling match, and I think that was cool, and it made it different from some of the other blood feuds on the card, where it was, you know, where you see Jericho and Eddie that want to rip each other's head off, or where you had uh, Mox and Tana, where it had been building for years and years, where it was clearly going to be the two of them someday on a big stage. This was different, but it was a, a, a rivalry out of respect. And so I thought Tony was a perfect choice, given who was on our TV, who was pushed, and also knowing that, you know, while it would have, it would have been another challenge, and there's many other challenges to take people from stardom and get them over on our TV, I think it was possible to do it, absolutely. Um, but the availability is the greatest ability of all in this business and most businesses, and in this case, there was no availability. So uh, Tony was, for many reasons, I thought a great choice, and I thought Tony and Rosa had a great match. Thank you. Thanks. Here. Hey, Tony, we're trying to be torch. Uh, quick question. On Friday, and then even starting part of the press conference from, and you ended tonight with Hangar, you want to talk about gaming trust, and what happens when people lose trust, gaming trust, things like that. Uh, Sean mentioned the ESPN article. These guys tonight, the talent mentioned how much you trust them and do things either in the ring or outside. How do they build that with you, and then actually build your roster? How do folks still stay accessible to you, and you not feel crazy? Well, it's a great question. I think uh, for people who are really experienced in wrestling, Claudio, we never worked together before tonight, but with Claudio, uh, based on his reputation and coming in, he's not somebody you necessarily need to put through uh, any kind of developmental. And we've used AEW Dark for people we don't know that well. JJ's in the back. JJ's been seeing dozens and dozens of hours of AEW Dark live in Orlando, and there's other people here I know that have come uh, occasionally the tapings in Orlando, but before that, for over a year, we operated out of Daly's Place, and that operated really as a true developmental system, and there's a lot of people, like including the acclaimed, who were singles wrestlers, Pat Buck trained them, and Pat Buck was working in WWE at the time, and they actually tried to get them to go up there, and I really wanted them to both stay, and, I, and it kind of forced my hand when they were threatened to go, and I was like, I like them both, I really need to do something to keep them. I, had the idea of the acclaim for a long time. I saw Max rapping on Twitter. They were very capable on dark. And then they got, if you remember, their first match was against Trent and Chuck, and it was like a tryout match with a new gimmick. The music was a little different. It was loud. It didn't quite, but it was enough. I saw enough there. I was like, okay, we're going to do And then they went on probably like a 10-match winning streak after that, I think, winning matches on dark, building up to build a record and build building experience. And that was there. And the, and the entrance got better and better. Max had really only, I'd seen, I think I'd only seen do the rapping on Twitter. I've already had on social media. I've never seen do it as the entrance, so that was a new thing we put in. The idea of them as a team, even though they trained together, um, 
And so that's a great, really good example. Red Velvet, somebody who came in and was working on AEW Dark and has come in and become a really important part of our TV. Like, very uh, story of my June. Uh, also, somebody who got injured and has been a huge part of the TV recently and has been out with an injury, which is unfortunate. Uh, in that, that match she had with Chris, which was a great match on Rampage, Statlander and, and Red Velvet. We've had a lot of great matches, and then unfortunately had injured people coming out of them, which is sometimes the price people pay with these great hard-hitting matches. And uh, Red Velvet's another example, like Max Caster and Anthony Bowens, both separately and then put together as a tag team maturing on that stage. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs, Will Hobbs, first he was Will Hobbs, and he look how far he's come from when he started on AEW Dark, not as a person who was out there winning matches, and a person who grew as a wrestler and has grown as a person and a presence here in the company. number of other people. Uh, so there's for, for people we don't know as well, sometimes going through Dark, Negative one, Will Brody, uh, through working on Dark. And he's done a lot of fun stuff. He's had fun matches down there. JJ's laughing in the back because he's seen some of the funniest stuff he's seen in his life with Will Brody. And the kid's, he was 10 years old, and he's making you know hundreds of people, not, not 15,000, but hundreds of people laugh in his studio. That's pretty good uh, for 10 years old. And so here in my trust enough where I gave him a mic and put him out there uh, with you know some of his friends and some of his dad's close friends, like Mox. And Claudio and Eddie wasn't out there at that point, but Eddie would be another person on that list. And uh, it was just a nice thing for the crowd, and I wanted to get uh, him out there. I thought it was cool. And I thought, because, you know, Mox, I remember Mox's first pay-per-view defense of the title when he first won the title was against Brody Senior, so I just thought it was, and that was probably the last time I've been as proud of a show that had as many challenges. It had, I mean, that had the most challenges of any show ever. I could talk for hours about the three-week build and putting that together during those tape shows and also learning how to edit shows because we never taped Dynamites before that. So uh, that, probably April 2020, was the last, and then into May 2020 is probably the last time I felt this way, where it really came together and where they, it could have gone, it could have not gone as well. So, uh, that, yeah, does that make sense? Yeah. Thanks, man. Can I take two more questions? Sure. There's one. Um, I want to talk about Orange Cassidy. Um, Matching here, potentially, with the Blood Lost Ring, Orange Cassidy guy. What was your reaction when that match was over? Match didn't like to you? And reportedly, Orange Cassidy was supposed to get new theme music. I read somewhere today. Um, we didn't hear that tonight. It's a huge part of the wrestling's package. Is that something that you decide on specifically, or is it something that you work with? Yeah, I decide on the music, but that is uh, this when I presented this song to him. So I'm I pick a lot of the music and work with Mikey on who's going to have what songs. I license music from outside sometimes, and generally I'm in charge of the music. Uh, with Mikey, who oversees it and does an amazing job and has composed some amazing themes, but I, I work hand in hand with him on that stuff. Just like we talked about when I had an, a concept for the FTR theme and they were in here, Samoa Joe's or even Adam Cole's. And uh, Mikey's composed all these great themes. We have a good partnership going. And uh, uh, in this case, that's music that Orange Cassidy had used, the theme that is being rumored on the internet. For a long time, it's also why, unfortunately, like I love the people backstage, and like I, you know, what's cool. There were like, I was just talking about Brody. I didn't mean to keep going to it, but there were like a hundred people sitting in the stands in Daly's place when Amanda told us Brody was sick. I know there's a lot of new people here since then. But there were a lot of people here, and a lot of them are the same people. And there's a lot of new faces, and nobody said a word. So when it's something life or death, you can trust the people backstage. But I've learned that like around like a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff is legal. Like it's like really shameful, and like people shouldn't be doing it. 
And that's one of those ones where it like screwed up what would have been maybe a pop, but also it just still be a huge pop. I mean, I'm still it's, these things are organic, so you can't make that night. It's going to be a huge pop if it happens. But like the fact that like it even came up is dumb. And like like I said to Sean, which is like I was like okay. I mean, if you're going to report it, I was surprised to read it because I was like I wonder why somebody leaked that because like all it does is screw up a fun surprise for the fans. But it's like I told Sean, so I was like we don't even have hundred. We have I had, as I understand it. 97.5% of the rights. But in this case, that's zero. I mean, like, I might as well have zero. Like, I have, we're real close. I've been told by the 2.5% right holder that they're going to get back to us, and uh, it seems like it's going to, seems like it'll probably happen. But, like, the fact that I'm even having to explain this, I think is ridiculous. And it's because somebody in the back, like, shouldn't have said what they said. And then I was surprised, I like John, but I was surprised to see that. And I told him, and I was like, because it's not true. And I never even got a chance to refute it. And, like, I know Orange said he was going to have something new, but technically that's not even something new. I think he meant the bell. So, like, uh, which he, you know, came damn close to him. And like I said, uh, to the announcers, and they made a, did a great job integrating. Orange Cassidy is one of our best, most marketable stars. He's like, he's, you know, whether people of all ages love him. And on uh, digital, when you look at AW most watched digital videos on the YouTube channel, like, like probably six or seven out of the top ten of him. And he's, also a really awesome person so if it does happen if we do get that 100% uh, I'll be really happy because that's something he brought to the table before he was here there's been uh, he's the, the AEW version of Orange Cassidy has really risen to prominence and he was already a beloved independent star but I think his presentation and what he's become here is very different and I think people respect and understand that he really is a great pro wrestler under the gimmicks and now I really believe that tonight he would tear the house down in Chicago like he did with Pac in his very first singles match, which we spent over six months. Spent, I think, about, I guess not quite six months. We were over five months of TV, five months of TV building to that, plus the pay-per-views before that. So over six months really building up Orange Cassidy since all out. That he never worked a singles match until so he had that match with Pac and they tore the house down. Also, unrelated, what a night for Pac, right? Like, awesome for those two. And back in Chicago, I thought they both had, even though Pac won the title, and, and Orange did they had one of the best matches in the history of the company in Revolution 2020 and I was so happy so you asked me about my reaction tonight and it was very similar to that but now people weren't as surprised because in Revolution 2020 people were like they knew I think people were interested in the match and it was like kind of there was a lot of interest in the match but I don't think people had the expectations yet of what he does now there's big expectations on, on his matches and it delivered and um, no surprise to me. I, I believe in him so much. I'm just really grateful he's back. It's a good timing for us to get him back. Uh, so thanks for asking. Last question. Oh, I give the honor of going fast. All right. Uh, so you talking about Claudio earlier mentioned that um, when you talked to Brian, you revealed to him that Claudio was already under contract. So that says to me that you already had kind of creative plans for Claudio that maybe got. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but that maybe got sidetracked a little bit. Well, I did. I had two plans, and I what I was saying was I called him the day after Punk got hurt, and Brian was optimistic that he would be back, but I didn't want to. I wasn't 100 percent sure. So there were there were a couple ways this could have gone, but certainly the idea that he might be at Forbidden Door and definitely crossed was a it came up, but it was But it, I think we were all hoping Brian was going to be here. Uh, so, okay. So, I guess going more forward with my question um, and talking about uh, some of the challenges you 
encounters with the big door, with Punk getting hurt, with Brian getting hurt, um, and uh, just a lot of the creative changes that have had to take place. My question is more so about your overall booking philosophy and how much things may have changed over the last, uh, really, year for you, um, in that one of the things that AEW was really known for at the beginning was kind of long-term booking, and that's something that was very much committed. Whereas these days, um, you almost circumstantially can't do a lot of that, and there's been a lot of, uh, we get more announcements of matches like the day of Dynamite, for example, that we didn't get uh, back in the early days. We used to end a Dynamite kind of knowing every match that was going into the following week. Do you feel like your booking philosophy has had to change a lot in the last year or so with things that have gone on, and how do you feel um, you can sustain that going forward? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. and. I think it changed a lot when we went back on tour. Partially, one of the reasons that you used to know everything going in was because we would tape it the next day. So uh, that wasn't like we were at, weren't at, but I think to most of the people who'd be watching this, people might have had an idea, but during the pandemic, when we were in Daly's Place, it was live on Wednesday, and then we were taped on Thursday. So it was a very different cadence and style. And then also Thursday, like I would have had 12 days to put everything together by the, you know, by the time of the next show. So, it was different and it was really great, but what happened was the roster grew a lot in that time. We went back on the road, we continued to expand and within basically when we went back on the road, that's when I knew as soon as the fans were back, I'd been sitting on this opportunity that really CM Punk wanted to come back to wrestling and wrestle for AEW when the fans came back. It was just a matter of when we go back on the road. And then once that happened, he and I got really serious. And then all of a sudden, Brian Danielson and Adam Cole were up, and that led to All Out 2021. It's crazy that at the end of the summer, it'll be a year since that, but it's, it's right now is a year that we've been back on the road this week. Blood and Guts represents about a year back on the road, almost exactly. And it's been challenging with all the injuries, but I still look to long-term solutions, long-term ideas, long-term thoughts. And if you look like Moxley and Tanahashi, even though it wasn't the original plan for the show, that's a long-term story that had been going for years. And I was thinking long-term when I didn't want to do Mox and Tanahashi last summer, it was looking ahead because I realized there was a, probably a bigger platform than the show where it was proposed to happen at in the parking lot of USC's football stadium. And so I thought there's a better place for this and I'm going to be involved in AEW if that's going to happen, Mox and Tanahashi. And that was, uh, you know, it, it could have, well, it came close. The winner of Archer and Moxley was going to defend against Tanahashi, and Lance Archer pulled out his biggest win ever in the Texas Death Match at Fighter Fest in Texas. And so I was saved by the bell. Uh, but uh, I think that it was, like John said, it was for a reason. Like, we, we held it back for a reason, and it all came together. And just like with Claudio, and he was a perfect guy at the perfect time, and he was somehow available. And like, what are the odds of that? Because when we started this company, look at, imagine dealing with the people who are just injured right now. Like look at the people when we started this company who were out, not just here, but I mean like Kenny and Cody are both out. Imagine how we would have sustained that at the beginning. Like Kenny and Cody being out. Like we would have been screwed. And like now you had, look at who's not at this pay-per-view with the, the list of stars, and we still were able to do even with, you, you know, you could headline any pay-per-view ever with the list of people that were out on this pay-per-view. And the, the roster's so deep compared to where we started that we were able to sustain it. And 
it's a credit to all those people from you know that the list of people who are injured in pro wrestling right now, not just here, but like I mentioned, across you know other companies that with Ishii and Romu not being able to come here, and, and even WWE's got big stars like I mentioned who were out injured, and AEW's got the most prominent injured list probably in pro wrestling, but we've still got such a deep roster that. Uh, they came together and tonight's one of the best nights we've ever had. So long-term thinking, a lot of this has been long-term thinking, but it's like, you know, moving from piece to piece. I kind of alluded to it on the media call that originally Punk, I didn't even allude to it, I just told you guys, Punk was going to be in the trios, man. It would have been Punk and FTR, right? Against Osprey and the United Empire. It would have been totally different. Tanahashi would have been, Tanahashi wouldn't have been with Moxley. He wouldn't have been with the Blood and Guts people. He would have been with CM Punk if they had wrestled, right? So I said on the media call, so imagine that. So and then think about that, that like there would have been interaction with Tanahashi and Osprey probably, right? I would have done other stuff too. I had all kinds of stuff that we weren't able to do. That being said, it's long-term booking when you have Mox and Tana. It's something that you know, you know, not just like for a special day. You're not saving it for a rainy. You're saving it for like a very special day when you need something very special. And this was that special day, Moxitana. It was just they were the men of the moment. Claudio was a man of the moment. And so it fit in with our long-term plans, like this blood and guts we've been building to for so long. Well, I mean, Chris and Eddie is a feud that goes back to the beginning of the year, back when, before Joey broke Eddie's face and uh, shut the feud down. And, like, so... That was in the last year. That was in January. Yeah. And early January. And, and Eddie couldn't fly or travel or come to the shows. And so it was, uh, this goes back to the, you know, like last year. And Chris and Eddie had been uh, at each other's throats for a long time. And they both changed. John's changed. So uh, we're in a different place now. It's a really good question. But uh, I, I think going back to live television, a lot of a new roster coming in, and then those people getting injured change a lot of things. And I'll leave you with one last thought that's kind of, it's this whole circle, but it's like interesting stuff. It's all stuff I would have said to you guys, and I said to you, look at where we've come this year. You remember when Kenny first got hurt, and uh, when Chris was out with the blood clot, and John went into treatment, and the company was completely different, and we had just brought in CM Punk and Brian Danielson and Adam Cole, all as free agents. And I was saying at the end of the year, to anybody who listened, thank God I had these three guys because they were, along with the, the CM Punk and MJF, the Brian Danielson and Hangman, and the Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy, and this peripheral stuff around it was carrying the TV week to week. Those three guys were in the three programs that carried the company through that time. And now look, and all three have had injuries and been out. Cole came back tonight. Hopefully he's going to be able to come back soon from that. But, but I, you know, he 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 uh, had been out, and this was his first match in a long time. And then Danielson and Punk had been out, and Mox came back better than ever. Chris came back, and we've had new faces come in and join the company that made a you know, including now Claudio. And so I just think it's pretty cool how full circle it came because Chris and John were out. They've come back. They both look totally different. They've both done this transformation. And then the people who came and helped fill that void, now they need the time. Now they're beat up. And now these guys have stepped back in. The original, the first two champions, 
I just think it's really cool. I, I think it comes with, so we talk about, again, long-term, full circle, being back here in Chicago, having John and Chris at each other's throats again, that's long-term too. And uh, I, I just thought it was really cool. So uh, it all came together, even if it wasn't the original plan for tonight, everything tonight had been coming. So it was awesome. Thanks for all being here. People have traveled a long way to be here, a lot of you. Uh, and people from overseas, people uh, from the West Coast and all over the world. And, and AJ, I kept you up late once again. And, and you, you got a lot of locker room talk, but uh, but by now you're probably used to it. All this was even for you. This is pretty extreme, I'm sorry. Uh, thank you everybody for being here and I really appreciate it. Thank you guys.